Hey, Richard, how you doing? Like, what's up, boy? Things are great. Hallelujah. How are you? We are representing uh, East Coast. Alan is uh, hopefully soon in the land of an actual Republican governor. Uh, get rid of that Amen. skank. Um, I'm Too down kind, here in Florida, uh, land of uh, alligators. Okay. And um, bad yard work, people. That's where I live. If you want to get yard work done, don't move here. All right, so we're going to be um, <clears throat> touching on a little bit of a word, but also going over some prophetic signs that we're seeing because uh, we are watching radio, right? So I recently had a dream of a massive earthquake uh, going on the record right here, right now. Reminds me of Marty, right? I am D. Allen. I'm on record right now. That was a year ago. It's like zero, 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 one cent still. Wanted us uh, to buy that stock, right? Mm-hmm. Man, you're real talkative today. Would you have half a cup of coffee? Sanka? Actually, I had a, I had a monster and a cup of wait, wait. Coffee with Kiltron. I have a fully armed a turbo, and caffeinated boy. cup of coffee also, yes. So in the dream, I'm... Uh, on this lane of a residential neighborhood and there's a car parked there and the situation got twisted where literally where I got into the car and the car started moving left to right, like spinning. And I have experienced an earthquake years ago and I prophetically uh, on my Facebook wall declared it was coming. I said, I discern an earthquake and then Next day, an earthquake came, and I have record of that, by the way, if anybody wants to see it. Actual, real prophetic track record. I know, that's crazy. You know, there's so many people out there listening to these dingbat prophets out there, and they have literally no prophetic track record whatsoever. None. Zero. And they're throwing so much crap on the wall. You would think they would hit one thing. It's like Biden is president, the complete failure. He can't get one thing right. He can't get anything done and accomplish one thing for a good cause. And you look well, at these because prophetic deliberate. pinhead prophets out there. They're throwing so much prophetic smack. Yeah, prophetic smack. That's what Frankie from Zeph, and Zeph show used to call it. We used to call it prophecy smack. That's right. It's like people just keep coming. They want more false prophecy. They got to be injected with that smack in the arm. I know that's kind of a bad analogy, but kind of, in a way, they just, and they're throwing so much at the wall. Missiles, EMP, massive pit freaking comets, uh, uh, everything. Richard, sadly, most of being famous is just being bold, being out there, and looking like looking calm and being good looking and looking like you know what you're doing. That's most of what fame is. Accuracy not needed if you have everything else I just said. So sad. I don't claim to be a big wig prophet or anything, but God does, by His grace, give me stuff. Okay, Praise and 
unfortunate enough for it to have been accurate, i.e. Twin Towers. I'm on record of that with the FBI, if you want to check it out. Check out the Melville, New York field office. Want to start there. So yeah, some Christian guy reported you when you when uh, when you said that right before it happened. Yeah, I was reported by church people because of how it was so accurate. Because it was so accurate. When you're accurate, you're hated. When you're not accurate, and you keep just pumping out garbage after garbage, comets, trees falling, pits, earthquakes. Lava, volcanoes, war, missiles, EMP, nuclear wastelands, all at once, you would think they would hit one thing. One thing. And they don't. And people love it. You know what? We should try it. We'll do a test. Maybe on April Fool Day, maybe. It's sad. But yeah, God did give me, I believe by the grace of God, gave me this dream. And I years ago when I did predict that little earthquake that came to Long Island, <clears throat> predicted it on my wall, and I will provide the evidence with the time stamp. Um, so I do have a somewhat of a track record. Now, Praise God the- can shut that down whenever he, whenever he likes. I just hope by his grace he doesn't. But right now, I did have a dream where the car started moving like liquid underneath my... I felt like it was swaying, and I said, that feels like an earthquake in the dream. Now, this is where it gets bad. I jumped out of the car, and then all... This was a neighborhood. It was a neighborhood, like a residential... I, I don't know right now exactly where it was, I'm asking the Lord to reveal that. And I looked around, and this is where it gets crazy. The ground was cracking, like big cracks. And there was like so deep of cracks that you could see lava. That's yeah, that's how deep. And I remember thinking to myself, this is going to be a problem, these giant cracks. And then I looked down the street, and the cracks were... They caused power outages, and then fires were happening. And then people were running in through these streets. And at that time, I remember looking at, at the chaos, and I said to myself, this is like the zombie apocalypse. So I was able to get back in the car, and I got, I escaped by the grace of God. However, um... However, I knew the car that I was getting into, where the owner's name was Jeanette. Keep in mind, in dreams, any time you have a name, always look up what that name means. And I did Google what, what Jeanette means, and I think it means God's grace. Always look up uh, what that name means. So you you can get a little bit more. Oh, God is gracious. The grace of God. There you go. So Jeanette means grace of God. So the car uh, car owner was Jeanette. That means <laughs> the car got me out by the grace of God. Get it? You see dream interpretation happening right before your eyes. It's God. <clears throat> so I'm on record. Watch for radio about this, and I'm telling you, 
I don't know where it is, but I would expect that there's going to be some form of earthquake. Was it spiritual? Was it ground cracking up like hell opening up and, and demons being released? I, you know, I don't know. I'm praying about it. I'm just giving you what I, what I have. Okay? And I have predicted some things. Alan's right here. Alan will, t- Alan will tell you that I predicted the 2016 election, right? Yes, you got to dream about uh, Joe Biden and Joe Biden digging up dead bodies and that, taking pictures. That was the 2020 election, Alan. Yes, yes. I was adding to what you said, Richard. Well, I was going to get into that. Did I predict that too? Yes or no question? Yes, you were also graced with a dream about that. And uh, didn't you have a dream also that the whole in 2020 that the whole land was red, but then it turned purple or something? Right. Okay. And, and I wrote that on my Facebook wall, by the way. I have a copy of that if you want to see it. You know what? We, I even, we even covered this in one, a show called Shut Your Non-Prophetic Pie Hole. Uh, listen to that show. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see all the evidence of words that have come to pass because we did a visual on that one. Now, we're going to be adding a segment to the Watcher Radio broadcast called Doomsday Dad. Uh, we hope, and this is going to be Doomsday Dad chiming in uh, with Today? what he's getting a prophetic feel for in the networks, mainly of all this garbage I was just telling you about. That's why it's the Doomsday Dad segment, is we want to comb some of this stuff over and ration it out. Because there could be some truth in it. And Doomsday Dad generally has his antennas up to gleam um, some of this information. So it's going to be kind of a semi-news segment. Wolfenstein will be joining us. Incidentally, we might as well play the Doomsday Dad intro. Cool. So that's going to be uh, Doomsday Dad's intro, um, which will be the segment that we just explained. Incidentally, let's try to get Doomsday Dad on. Can we do that? Yes, let's do that. We don't. Even, we haven't talked to him, so we don't know. Yeah, that's risky. Hello. Hi, this is Peter Fusco. I can't take your call right now, but please leave your name and number, and I'll get right back. That was Doomsday Dad right there. Terrible. Should we um, try him again? Sure, in like three minutes. I feel like like he voicemailed us. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He saw it coming. He's like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, you know why? Why? Because it comes up private on the, uh, he doesn't know. That's oh, because you're Skype. Skype. Him. It's not yeah. Skype comes private. 
Hello? Could you pay like an extra three dollars to? If you pay an extra three dollars, you can have any phone number you want. Yeah, you're just full of all the answers, huh? Uh, just this minute, yes, I am. I would say let's try the hillbilly Hebrew, but we don't have anything to say to him. Not for now. He called sadly. me yesterday. He's like, "You gotta come to the Shabbat Shalom in the woods." Blow <laughs> What's the so horns. great about the woods? Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah, you're blowing horns at the moon and calling Father Yahweh. It doesn't sound like a good time to me. So, Yeah, and, and what's ironic is one of our, our old listeners showed up there, so he called me yesterday to tell me about it. Um, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing fun or good about going back to the law or calling Jesus Yeshua. And personally, I've heard uh, accounts of chauffeur blowing, casting out demons, but... Just the same way that that woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, and that gave her faith so that her faith healed her. I believe chauffeur blowing is actually people believe the chauffeur will do something, and that's why it does That's why it does stuff. I'll I don't just, think I'll there's anything. the way Jesus did it. I know. Call me crazy. All right. Um, yeah, Jesus didn't go around blowing chauffeurs, and neither did the apostles, or neither did the early church. The word chauffeur isn't in the early church at all. Bro, bro so. let them blow their horn. If it makes them happy— I mean, it's flyover country. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to do, really. So, what do they do? They go to Denny's, Walmart, chauffeurs. and then they go in the woods, and, you know, and run around. If that you know, if that's what makes them happy, I you know, I don't even care. Go b blow, blow the horn. Exactly. Yeah. And wear their talits and prayer shawls, yeah. And keep us, dang, sad. <laughs> May we always be graced to cast out devils, heal the sick, preach holiness, and love people. And because that seems like it's I just the, don't, listen, the, it's my prerogative. I don't want to blow a horn, and you can't literally make me do it. I'm not going to. Amen. And I Amen. played trumpet. I was second trumpet in school. So was I'm that grade good. school or high school trumpet. or junior high? Huh? Was that grade school, high school, or junior grade, high? Grade school. Yeah, grade school. Right. But I was naturally gifted with music, of course, as we know. Yeah. And um, predominantly guitar. Praise the Lord. So what I'm going to say to you is uh, the prophetic signs are all around us now. We've been predicting stuff like this for years. And I'll tell you right now, the totalitarian white horse, Revelation 6, the white horse is a conquering spirit. It's a totalitarian spirit manifesting control. Control. And that's what you're seeing happen in Canada right now, more so than ever. And it's starting here a lot more. And we are. In Canada, they're going for it. Next step over there is camps, where they camp the opposition. That's right. Now, Maria's dream recently, where they were doing gun running on people, and they knew a lot of things about individuals in America. I'm talking about patriots. Now, incidentally... 
Maria's last two dreams together had to do with using the IRS to strong arm people. And in that dream, it was MAGA folks being targeted, make, make America great uh, folks being targeted in that dream for shakedowns by uh, home and home raids uh, for possessions, confiscation of possessions by the IRS. Now, incidentally, all you never Trumper Christians might have have it made in the coming There's days ahead. Never Trump Christians? They still exist? They still exist. Dude, after Trump uh, was the most pro-Israel president in history and the most uh, pro-life president in history, what reason could there be to still be a never Trumper Christian? Where's I, they, that from? I, you know, I'm sure they're going to be safe from the persecution, though. That's the good thing Dang. they got going for themselves. Get their thirty pieces silver, amen. Well, you know, everybody's got their price. You know Hopefully what I'm saying? I don't have one. Yeah. Um, sad. It is sad. Uh, let me see what we got here. All the verses I wanted to go over are missing because I, I accidentally closed. Yeah, I'm remembering one never Trump or Christian. Yeah, he's a crackpot. I'm trying to think of another one, but I can't. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah, the Nevis Trumpers are going to be safe. Because in Maria's dream, it was China helping um, helping our uh, uh, spy agencies, I guess we'll call them today, our King George agencies, our Gestapo, our homegrown Gestapo. It was China. Now, I did see an ex- High-ranking FBI guy uh, on Tucker Carlson a couple months ago. And he was the same FBI agent that was involved in taking down Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. So he was up there in the FBI, right? Right. Yeah, and the funny thing about the whole Unabomber case is that uh, his family reported him. It wasn't gumshoe, hard, you know, door knocking that solved that crime. It was his family turned him in, so it wasn't really an FBI victory. But go on. Yeah, and he said on Tucker Carlson, which I before Maria's Dream, and she didn't even see that show. Uh, surprisingly, was he said? I he said, quote. I believe our agencies have been usurped by China, the communist China. And wow. I, I, when I was I was sitting there watching that, you could probably find it on YouTube. But I said to myself, "Wow, what that's kind of interesting." When you see how, well, how everybody falls in line with with the dragon, keep in mind the dragon is spawning out its wings. The dragon opens its mouth and spewed out a flood of COVID. This totalitarian root is in the dragon's flood, so to say. And I will tell you, look at what's going on in Canada. That's totalitarian. Look what's going on with the the Christian, I forgot his name, pastor, that was singing a hymn about the Lord Jesus at an abortion clinic, and they raided his house with machine guns. 
and dragged him yeah, out in front of his wife and children on a Saturday Yeah, because that's morning. so dangerous. Yeah, compared to all the rioting that happened uh, during election year in the summer. Burned down $2 billion worth of property. I think 19 people died. And that all, you know, just got the... Well, that's you know, the, the brown shirts. Yeah, this, the the, the modern-day satanic libtards have China backing them. The roots of the dragon, totalitarian, the white horse, the conquering spirit, fueling them, and they all bow to the dragon, China. That makes that makes sense because uh, our politicians always gave favorable trade deals to China, so a whole bunch of factories went from here to China. So it makes sense that uh, they ultimately control our politicians by them getting $400 billion a year in trade and then basically bribing our politicians for a few million each. That's why That's they a don't say deal. anything about the slave trade over in China. They don't say a word about it. They yeah. Do, not in a wink because there's camps over there, believe it or not. China's got camps. Yeah. They- yeah, they got and, camps, and they got camps for all the Muslims there, and the, the NBA is fine with that. They don't say nothing about that, and because, uh, um, yeah, they do a whole bunch of wicked stuff. And the old organ harvesting in China, wicked. Yeah, they, they don't have any—the libtards here have no problem with it, and I'll tell you this. They are all bowing to the dragon China. There's funding coming in. Maria's recent dreams, two of them. No, the, the latter one, the third one had to do with China working with the FBI to uncover things about patriots using, I hate to say it, guys, but these apps you have on your phone, I see patriot people even now using TikTok app. Have you ever watched Joe Rogan's show when they go through the TOS, Terms of Service of the TikTok app? It literally has access to every part of your phone. It's a spy software. Yeah, it's spyware. And people are using it. So everything you say is being monitored, churned over to an algorithm, and flagged. If you say something, you have a constant monitoring system in your app. What are you doing, man? There's databases in China that have the floor plans of the homes of Americans who volunteer or work as poll workers. And a a good way of getting the floor plans of people's homes is just by having TikTok on your phone and TikTok sending GPS coordinates to back to China. So yeah, that's a large problem that needs solving TikTok, amen. It's almost like people wanna be slaves to the dragon. You know, I remember John Cena years ago where he was so terrified of China, he started talking whatever the China language is called, trying to apologize. He's like, I'm like, what the heck? What, what, what is he saying? And somebody put subtitles on there, and he was like bowing in terror to China. John Cena. I was like, what the heck's going on? I thought he was a tough guy. He's not a tough guy. Yeah, the only reason people get to be famous is they agree to be a mouthpiece when called on. That's my that's my guess as to why every last final or most of them, 99% of them, it seems, famous people become mouthpieces for the left at some point. 
Sad, people. These apps on your phone are spying on you, and most of you like it. You want to be a slave to being spied on. Where you're keeping your armament. What do you have in the house? Is all, you, you got to c- get rid of these apps, especially TikTok. If anybody in your family has that, you better delete it. According to Maria's dream, they are spying. You, the FBI is using it as a backdoor also. If you don't think our spying agencies, the FBI, the CIA, are using backdoors for spying, of course they are. They don't care. Look at everything they've done recently. They will outsource it to loop around the Constitution. That's what they do. What do you think that whole Steele dossier and all the stuff they were doing was? It was all outsourced. They will come in another way. This is not a game, folks. We're in end time mode. And I'll tell you right now, the dream I just had of the grounds cracking, okay, I don't have a time frame of that. Could just be a minor thing coming. I don't know. I'm praying about it. But I will tell you this. The Euphrates River drying up is a prophetic sign, if ever. If you're ever going to say, wow, it's a prophetic sign, the Euphrates River drying up is your prophetic sign. Everybody thinks the end times are going to be so intense that you know it's the end times. It's going to be like, wow, this is it. Well, the Antichrist is here you... putting chips in my body now. Everybody, it's so obvious. Look how obvious the end is. Now we know Jesus is about to come. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that in Scripture. We might be uh, spoiled by end times movies that make everything obvious. There's a one end time movie I watched where, um, you know, the Antichrist basically was called Lucifer and everyone just thought it was perfectly normal. But the devil is very subtle. The You know, he comes as an angel of light. He does not come and say, hi, I'm Lucifer. I'm going to damn your soul and make your life miserable before that. He, he's subtle. He's, he pretends he likes you. He pretends sin is OK. It's not OK. Amen. So. What I'm trying to say is prophetic signs are being fulfilled and you're not even seeing it. It's just like it was before. The things that have been shall be again. That's what the Bible says. Meaning in the days when Jesus appeared the first time, they didn't get it that John the Baptist was Elijah. They didn't get it. They missed it. They didn't get it that Jesus' throne would be on a spiritual level, not like, i.e., King of Davidish actually raising up an army to fight the totalitarian reign they were under at that time, which was Rome. So they saw it in the physical realm of Messiah would be more so a deliverer in the land in a way like in the realm of King David, a warrior. And he was a warrior, but he was Christ, a warrior. However, in the sense of loosing them from the captivity of Satan instead of Caesar. God dealt with 
Caesar later on self. However, this is the issue. If we're not homed in, if we're not eyeballing things, because they can be fulfilled in a way where we miss it. That's right. They can be fulfilled in a way that we miss it. That's right. And that's why they didn't get it with Jesus being from Nazarene. They didn't get it from for him being from Galilee. They were confused on his place of birth. It was never brought to them how Messiah would, where he was coming from. They couldn't grasp it because they weren't doing the research. They were just going yep. with their sense of the the news at the time instead of looking at the back channel of, of what was really going on. And I'm telling you now, there are prophetic fulfillments going on and happening like time bombs right before our eyes. And one of them right now happening is not just the Euphrates River drying up, but many rivers drying up. Oh, yeah. That is a prophetic sign in the land. Now, why is the Euphrates so important? Well, first of all, the Euphrates River is mentioned in the book of Genesis uh, of where it all began, people, by the way. That's right. Eden, most likely, was where the Tigris and the Euphrates meet. So that's somewhere around the Iraqish area. I don't know exactly where. However, that's the time zone God is on, which incidentally, all you Shabbat Shalomith worshipers, you have the knowledge today to know when the original Sabbath was. Yeah. You want to get legal? I'll get legal. You should be doing the Sabbath on that time zone. That's the time zone of the original Sabbath. So on the opposite side of the world, you have to do, you start the Sabbath. Does God know that you know that now? He does. Oh, okay. So God knows you know it. He's giving you, it says in the end times, knowledge would increase. That's what it says. That's right. So knowledge has increased. Now you know where God really rested. God rested on that time zone, which would be eight hours prior to your Shabbat Shalomoth. Sorry. So you be yeah. sh- Shabbat Shalom on a Friday at 10.30 a.m., which means you ain't going to work at all. Because that's the exact literal original Sabbath from the Bible, right? Right. I just love how these people, you got to keep the law. You're going to hell. Okay, well, keep the law the way it was. Are you going to worship the, Shab- the Shabbat Shalom on the original time zone of God? And he knows Otherwise you know it because he gave it knowledge would increase, right? Right. So use the knowledge that he's given you. Do the Shabbat on his time zone. What are you, you God? You better than God? You got your own Shabbat Shalomith? No, you don't make your own Shabbat Shalomith. You do your Shabbat Shalomith when God did his Shabbat Shalomith on his time zone which would have been where the Tigris and the Euphrates met. Go look at the book of Genesis. 
We got to save this for an April Fool. You want to rest when God rested, or you want to rest when you're resting? Yeah. That's the question. <laughs> Make it legalistic with me. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, we should just do a whole show on the original Shabbat Shalomith. Eight hours prior to your Shabbat Shalomith, it's going to be on Friday around 10.30 a.m. Yes. Let's stick to the Bible. We're going to do the word. Let's do this. <laughs> It's important your Euphrates drying up. Because there's four angels bound underneath that river. Did you know that? Four angels are bound underneath that river. And in the book of Enoch, in the, in the first or two, second chapter, if I remember their names, um... But these are vicious angels. They're in the fallen angel realm. You're dealing with complete mischief being loosed on this earth. And you think things are bad now. Wait till they get out. Incidentally, there's sounds coming up. They're finding all these deep stair caves going under the earth, under the Euphrates River. These like bottomless pits. And under these bottomless pits, people have put these sensitive microphones over there. And it's coming up from these caves. What's that all about? This is weird times we're living in, folks. What are these giant portholes under the Euphrates River? Where are they going? Where are they going down there? I mean, if this isn't an end-time event sign to us, I don't know what could not not be. So remember, this is prophesied in the book of Revelation to happen, and it's happening now. And it's prophesied in the book of Revelation that these four angels would be loosed. So, with that being said, I mean, these are troubling times. So let's look at some scripture today. Let's try to do something spiritual here. Okay. Alan's got me ranting wildly. I did that? Wow. Why'd you do it, guy? It's it's all my fault. Yeah, okay. And did I lose my Bible verses again? Dang. I had like Bible verses. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know if you sent me the list this time. Should we even like preach the word anymore? I mean, yeah, we should. Let's 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 be original. Well, I don't know. There's just got to be other people out there that I do just the feel real like word. I'm in rant mode, you know, where I got to rant, and if I'm not ranting, things are not right. Well, then let's let's finish your rant. I feel like I'm and then uh, argue with somebody. Let's yeah, um, finish your rant and then we'll open the word. Argue with you. All right, go. Okay, go ahead. Do your best. <laughs> Get this. Let's try Doomsday Dad again. This guy. Okay. Oh, good idea. Let's see how he is. Hello. Hey, this is Peter Fusco. I can't take your call right now, but please leave your name in. The- 
What, what a weasel he is, huh? Well, he, he, when Skype this calls you, like... This is my time to be doomsday dead! Ah. Richard, I'm going to text him and tell him Richard is calling you with Skype. I don't want to be doomsday dead. Why? <laughs> Why are they doing well, this? For now, he's a natural ta- talent. Because he, he reads that news and it doesn't edify him at all. And uh, it's not no, even the we word. Like, it's we not even... like him doing. Well, it, but it's not. It's not a good place that he's in. Reading the most depressing news there is, and I'm not even sure if it's actual real news. It might just be stuff that's made up to sound dramatic, like Hillary's dum, been executed. All right, did you get him? Uh, I texted him. I told him Richard is calling you with Skype. He, he, it looks private. This guy, what does it show up as? Private? What a weasel. What a weasel. Now he doesn't know. We know Give he's him a break. from us. I'm going to tell him again. Richard is calling you with Skype. Hi, this is Peter Fusco. I can't. You know what it is? He knows it's the debut of Doomsday Dad. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to let it bomb. If anyone in the audience watching radio yeah, is actually doomsday, reading, doomsday dad. Yeah, How bad be, is that? And it, it, it's terrible because it's the worst news there is. It's not verified in any way, shape, or form, and it doesn't edify you, and it just depresses you. Yeah, he depressed himself. Yeah. Bill Gates on trial. Hillary Clinton's been executed, replaced by a clone. You know, stuff that can't be verified and doesn't uh, do anything for you. Well, incidentally, Bill Gates is working on that digital ID. That's completely demonic. Yeah. All right, so l- let me try to get spiritual here for a minute. Father, help me in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray, Alan, please help him more. Okay. Oh, you want to you wanna stop the recording? I'll make some more coffee. No, I'm recording now. Let's do it. Oh, okay. All right, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We're going to touch on um, walking in the spirit, okay? And the importance of it at this point in our lives. So tonight, today, whenever, we want you to ask yourself and ask me, what are the areas that the enemy has always been successful at dragging us into the flesh? Unforgiveness. Hatred and not being in the word. What else? Some of us, it could be cutting you off in your car. You get angry. You punch the roof. Some of you, it could be that Facebook reel. Nowadays, you're going on Facebook and there's women pimping themselves out on these little windows. I feel like I'm in Amsterdam or something, walking the streets in the red light district. I mean, it's pretty bad. There's all type of hooks out there. So what type of hook... Has the enemy been successful or attempting to be successful at trying to drag you into the flesh? 
satanic libtards lying on television about how wonderful they are for the common man and how important abortion is. It's just offensive and disgusting. And how they're fighting inflation. They're not fighting inflation. They're causing it with their ridiculous spending. All right. So that's what gets Alan in the flesh. Now, ask yourself today, what has the enemy been successful? Now, the reason why we want to talk about this is that right now there's a cat fight going on in my room. You hear it? No. Uh, actual cats? Yeah, it's Maria's cat she brought over here, one of them, and the other cats gang up on it and they surround it. And they do like a standoff thing. It's real evil. They surround it like in a military squadron. And then so they it's the new cat. Is the yeah. cat out? Is that what's happening? I'm trying to get serious castle. here. And let's do it. Um, okay. How does the enemy tempt us? How does the enemy drag us in to get into the flesh? Now, here's the problem, guys. Once the enemy get, has us in the flesh, he is now in his territory. Now, we don't want him in his territory because he's more successful at the strike on our lives when he drags us into his territory. I.e. a shark. I don't care what you say. When you're swimming in a ocean that's loaded with sharks, you have an issue. And I know in Scripture it says we'd be given dominion over all the beasts of the field. Well, shark ain't in a field. Okay? And you might think you're going to be swimming around all these sharks, but you're technically in their domain. Let's say you're in the ocean with, you know, 13 great white sharks, and you've cut your leg. Yeah, we're talking problem. You're now in their domain. You know it. They know it. And I can assure you it's a bad situation. Alan, would you like to be in that situation? Yes or no question? No. He says no. Let's ask him why. Why? Because when I'm in the ocean, I swim park, and a shark is like a torpedo sharp jaws mounted at the front and I'm like this floating stake that they're zoning in on and it's a bad place to be. Amen. You're in the, their domain. That's right? right. Now, yeah. if the enemy can get you in the flesh, you've now transitioned into his domain. Guess what? That's exactly where he wants you to be. Because of the analogy we just gave, you're now in a position where he can attack more successfully. Um, we don't want that. We don't want that because we're in a losing battle. And when you're in a losing battle, you get really blunt force hit of the enemy. You could come out very scarred. You could come out 
with a demonic infection, with, with demons. You now open the door. Your hedge was broken. Like Scripture says, the serpent bites when the hedge is breached. Guess what? Who's the serpent? Who's the serpent, Alan? Satan. Okay. Do we have a hedge? What did Job have in his life? Job definitely had uh, he had a hedge around him that Satan complained about. Okay. Uh, when and uh, God basically removed the hedge, and I think that's when uh, Satan moved in on his life and killed right, all his so children and over all his. It, yeah, the okay. hedge is a spiritual fence that we have. Now lift your hand if you want a spiritual hedge. Anybody? Yes. Alan's lifting his hand. Both. Now, if you want the spiritual hedge and you want to maintain it, you have to walk in the spirit. When you get dragged into this flesh and you go into his realm, i.e., that tank of water with 12 sharks. You're in a losing position, mainly because your hedge is broken. Satan complained about the hedge of Job. How am I going to do anything with that hedge you put around him? Guess what? You have that same hedge, even greater, because the atonement power of the blood of Christ is on that hedge. But you yourself can chip away at it by allowing yourself to be dragged into the flesh. And what I mean by that is taking that hook. How is the enemy going to hook me today? That's right. We're going over this because if we know the devil's time is short and we went over some prophetic signs that are manifesting, totalitarianism, FBI spy agencies working with China, shaking down patriots, Euphrates River drying up, dream I just had, so on and so forth. End time, non-prophetic pinheads gathering the masses, listening to them talk about millions and millions of things happening and nothing happens. You'd think they'd get one thing right. Even like Biden would get one thing right, and he just doesn't. He doesn't get one thing right. And you're like, how can that be? Couldn't he just succeed at one thing well no because he's basically sold out to china so when we release millions of gallons of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve sometimes it gets just sent to china because they run him sad if the enemy knows his time is short he's going to be ramping up the hooks we're talking about and that's why you're seeing the flood of filth like you've never seen before if your hook would be lust, if your hook would be anger, which is linked to lust, by the way, Asmodeus, that spirit is in charge of legions that are designed to work at getting you to open up your hedge, to breach it. Because that's when the serpent strikes. The enemy wants you to have a fly in your ointment. Okay? 
We had just called. Okay. The enemy wants you to have a fly in the ointment. A fly in your anointing is going to stunt your capability to move in the spirit realm. He wants to drag you down. We've gone over a broadcast last time we did the show on breaking down the gateways and doors of sin. And it's an important message in, in this hour, more so than just giving you prophetic smack, because that's tickling to the ears. People want to hear it. I get it. I've been doing this for 23 years. But it's going to be more edifying to you and for you to teach others that at this time that we're living in, that we need to not only just close the door to the enemy, but also know the type of attacks that you are susceptible to, i.e. anger. How bad do you flip out if the enemy is going to spawn somebody against you to flip you the bird? How bad does he know he can get you with that? How bad does the enemy know he can get you if you're on Facebook and you're scrolling through these reels they have where there's thousands of women pimping themselves out as pawns of Satan gyrating around on here now. It's out of control. I can't believe it. I came back to Facebook. It's like it's a porn site now. How how does the enemy know he can hook you with one of those? Where he can drag you down into a level where you now open that hedge. Why does he want the hedge open? Ask yourself, do you want your hedge open? Probably not. I'll tell you why. Because other spirits can get in. Other spirits are sent and petitioned against you because he's an accuser of the brethren. That's right. And he doesn't sleep. It's day and night. Richard did this. Alan did this. I am subjecting this for this cause to launch this legion at them of sickness, disease, and pestilence, and poverty and despair because they opened the hedge, because they took the bait. Just an example. Satan has had 6,000 years to practice baiting humanity into the sin that besets them with the whatever weaknesses. We have FBI files over in hell where uh, Satan knows our weaknesses, so we got to be on the lookout and doing things that build us up and keep the hedge about us. Amen. And our angels. Amen. Well, I'm going to touch on here in Galatians. Guys, this, is a, this word is a spiritual warfare message. Because if you identify these doorways, some of, of us are in denial of them. I'm just trying to bring bring you out of that denial. I want to replace with you and me the the repercussions of opening that door. How can we counter it? I'm going to show you the secret sauce. There's a secret sauce. One of them is that you can offer up a sacrifice of righteousness. That's what the Word of God says. A sacrifice of righteousness. So in that moment where you're feeling that hook bait you in, and the enemy knows your hooks, he's been studying you. Not just him, 
His all the legions are working. They're looking for the hook. So, when you know that hook is coming and is coming and identifying itself so obviously before you, you can offer up a sacrifice of righteousness at that moment. You can just say, right here, right now, I offer up a sacrifice of righteousness and I'm going to praise God. And I'll show it to you and James goes over it. In James chapter 1, verse 2. But before they, I do that, Let's get into Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16 should be one of the main scriptures in our walk. Okay, many of you know it. But this has got to be the secret of walking this out. And Paul makes it simple. I'm trying to break it down a little of how we can escape these attacks, escape these hooks. And the reason why is because if the enemy is amping up his attacks because he knows his time is short. And the analogy I've always given, if you've been locked in a chamber with dollar bills or $20 bills and you have 20 seconds to gather all the $20 bills you possibly can, in the last four seconds, you get superhuman strength. Your arms are going much wider and you're doing things that you never thought were capable of doing. When your time is coming down to the wire. Well, the enemy's time's coming down to the wire. So if he knows his time is short, his attacks are ramping up. So you have to ramp it up in your defense mechanism. And that's all this broadcast here is today, right here, right now, is teaching you, me, myself, and others how to ramp up our defense mechanism to keep that hedge going, to keep ourselves walking it out, and to stay in the spirit realm. That's right. Uh, Let me find another scripture. Um, Those that love me obey my commandments. Okay, so Galatians 5.16 is the key. What's it say? Let's read it. So I say, Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives that you won't be doing sinful nature, uh, what nature craves. Now, that's the New Living. That's the uh, four-year-old translation. Let's go over to uh, King James. This I say, walk in the spirit. There we go. And ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Read it again. Now, this is Galatians 5, 16. Very important. King James, not three-year-old translation. This I say then, walk in the spirit. And ye shall not... Fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay. Sounds simple. And it is the key. And I'll tell you right now, when, I, when I've been fasting and whatnot on a fast, I just find myself not falling for the devil's tricks as much. Like someone will cut me off or something or 
Something will happen around me that I normally would get irritable about. And it's like, I'm just like, praise God, <laughs> like that. So fasting humbled my soul. Brought me to a place where I was able to, it, it had no effect. Now, how do we stay in that mode is the key. The secret sauce is coming here, which is going to be in James, of course. But we want to walk in the spirit. Now, here's the key. Come up hither. Come up hither. That's the word for the hour. Proverbs 25, 7. For it is better that it be said unto you, come up hither. Then that shall put you lower. The Lord wants us to come up higher. That's what he's saying to you right now in this message, in this word. This whole word is come up hither. Come out of the realm of the enemy's play field. Don't let that hook bait you in. You know what the repercussions of that hook are going to be. They're not going to be good for us. Come up hither, says the Lord. Revelations 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Try to picture this. Kind of interesting. This is the visualized revelation he's receiving at the moment. And the first voice which I heard was as it were as of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Interesting. Um, verse 2 says, And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, the throne was set in heaven. So there we are. Being brought in the Spirit. The Lord is saying, come up hither. That's the message for this hour. I guarantee you the Lord is not saying in this hour of this devastation and totalitarianism and antichrist and what we're seeing manifest, he's not saying stay where you are. He's not saying go lower. How many out there would believe the Lord is saying right now in this hour that we're living in, come up hither? Amen. That's the message, folks. He says, immediately I was in the spirit. How are you going to come up hither? How am I going to come up hither and immediately being the spirit realm? That's a good question. Revelation 11, verse 12. Again, he hears a great voice saying unto him, come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud. This is the Lord's will that you are in an elevated position in the spirit, like Paul says in Galatians 5.16, that you won't fall into the trap of the flesh. And later we know he goes on in Galatians 5.19 to 21, the 17 works of the flesh that will keep you from going to heaven. Nobody wants that, right? Or Alan would say, right? That's right. 
Now, we went over Come Up Hither. We went over Revelation 4. We went over it. Now, if you are being tempted with a sex hook, let's say you're being tempted with unforgiveness. People get tempted with that. That's a trial. Unforgiveness is a trial. The enemy will spawn. You see, the enemy is a tempter. His job is to try how much you really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his job. He's got free reign to do that to you. What are you going to do about it? Let's say he spawns somebody, and believe me, he can, to do something in a way to you that gets you in an uproar, gets you irate, and you try to go to sleep at night, and it's running through your mind constantly. Oh, he's got you. (laughs) You don't think he knows? He's watching the expression on your face at that moment. Yeah. You're tossing and turning. You're now in that shark tank. I had a demon tell me one time, I said, how many more are in there? He said, not many more, but I'm bringing in arthritis and cancer. My friends. I said, what's your name? Anger. I said, really? So I had to get to the root of how that spirit got in. But it had an intentions of bringing others in. Infirmities. Okay, so they all work together. You might think anger is just, you know, I'm angry, I'm mad. Ah! And then the spirit would get in because you have the doorway, your hedge has been broken. That's when the serpent bites, according to scripture. You, you drive at it, you let it go so long. You now built up uh, a callousness to it where you would justify it, and the enemy will tell you that. You have a right to be mad. Start humming that in your ear. Jesus continually went over the importance of forgiving. Now, can you be angry and sin not? Yes, you can. But be like the Lord. It says the Lord's only angry for a moment. That's how the Lord is. Roll like him, baby. Be like your daddy. Don't let it get you. The Lord is angry for him just a moment. I like that about him. How about you? Why don't you be like that? Let it roll off. Say, I'm going to go into duck feather mode. I'm going into alligator skin mode. I'm not going to allow this to get me. I'm not allowing the enemy to break my hedge. And this thing is rolling through my mind continually. It's trial. You're now in a trial. You don't know it, but you're in a trial. So I'm going to have Alan read the secret sauce, the way to get out of it. Alan, can you read uh, James chapter 1, verse 2? Coming up. James. Secret sauce. This is the way out. 
my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into different temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect worth, work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There you go. You can grow in that trial. You are working yourself into a greater anointing if you act appropriately. So, when you have a hook coming your way, sacrifice of righteousness, this, what, what did Minister Rich say and Alan say? What's the secret sauce? James chapter 1, verse 2. You begin to praise God. You begin to count it as joy. Let me give you an example. You're driving down the street. The enemy knows you got a problem with anger. You get flustered when people cut you off, drive like an idiot around you, try to push you off into this lane and, and bully you, gaslight you on the street. Okay. The enemy knows. He's going to spawn somebody on you to try to aggravate you, to get you in a realm where you're cussing, you're punching your fist, you're flipping birds, and you're cutting people off and putting yourself in the devil's tank. Okay, that's what's going on. Eh, alert, trial time has just happened. Trial time has just happened. What are you going to do? Are you going to offer up a sacrifice of righteousness, says the word of God, or are you going to roll with the devil? Are you going to breach your hedge? That's your question you have at that moment. And I know what your flesh wants to do. Oh, yeah, you're salivating the role with the flesh. But I guarantee you, you will grow in your Christian walk. You will come up hither if you do what we're saying to do. You roll down your window, you say, Praise God! <laughs> And you look at the guy like that. And then you drive away. Do it, Alan. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He did it. Praise the Lord. He successfully got out of the hook. He, James, one tooted. it. He counted a joy that the hook was coming. You see, yeah, you laughter does your heart like medicine. You want the medicine of the laughter? Laugh at it. Count it as joy. The enemy's tempting the me with this. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, there yeah, laughter does the heart as medicine. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, count it all joy. We're commanded to have joy, whereas most of us would probably want to have a pity party right away on Facebook. So on Facebook, you're being sex hooked. You're scrolling down Facebook, the sex reels. You see all these women that are pimping themselves out for view counts to get money. They're Satan's prostitutes. They're gyrating around, flipping around like maniacs, squirming lizards. You're being tempted. You're battling some lust. The enemy knows you got a problem with it. What are you going to do? Are you going to open the door of the enemy the way the lust demon wants to bring other demons in anger and suicide and guilt and shame and condemnation and sexual bondage and the roots of it of succubi and incubi coming in to your life 
and a soul tied to a demon? Uh, don't want that, probably. So, praise God, I am not going to fall for this. <laughs> and scroll right through it. Scroll right through it. You could do it. Count it as all joy. <clears throat> we're exaggerating it a bit, but you know what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Or you might want to witness to somebody that aggravated you. you say, you know what? The Lord loves you. Just reverse it. Do a jujitsu thing. Not that I'm into that. But flip it like Ben and I took the javelin from the uh, tall Egyptian and flipped it on him. Flipped the script, overcome, so to say. Overcome evil with good. Now, it sounds easier said than done sometimes because your flesh is rooted into a lot of our being. We have a sinful nature that we're working on. And this is the way you work on it. When you battle that flesh and when you don't succumb to the hook and you rather flip the script, so to say, what Ben and I did with the javelin, you now are, are ha- getting a spiritual armor plated on you where the enemy is now saying, uh-oh, He's built up faith in that area. Uh Uh-oh. He's literally doing what James chapter 1 verse 2 said. Uh Uh-oh. Where are we going to move to to break his hedge? There's confusion in the camp of the enemy. Do you want the enemy to be confused? This is how you do it. Somebody offended you. Somebody PO'd you. You're just super angry. Bless him, Lord. (laughs) Bless him. Let it go. That's all you got to do. And I know what your flesh wants to do. But if you do this, you're going to get a release. You're going to be able to go to sleep. You're not going to be repeating that thing when you close your eyelids. The enemy's not going to be able to broadcast it as easy because you're taking that javelin away. You're counting it as joy. You're, You're counting that hook that he tried to hook you in with as a joyful moment. Try it. Try it. Didn't didn't Pastor uh, Randy say that you can uh, throw a rock through an evil memory recall and it'll shatter it to pieces and that'll make it, that'll disarm it to a large degree also? That was vain imaginations, yes. Cast down vain imagination. When you have a vain imagination, just picture that vain imagination on a big screen in front of you and picture yourself with a giant rock being the word of God and break it down with that word of God. Just cast it down right before yourself and then just picture it being cast down. We're talking about spiritual warfare, guys. We don't want the enemy to have that open door on you to bring in broadcast other elements of demons in your life, especially now that we're in the home stretch. Don't you want to make it? Because the hooks and the temptation are going to be to a greater level. A greater magnitude are going to be coming in. The enemy tempt you with money. The enemy will tempt you with love, uh, lust, and, and perversion coming your way in the wrong way and make it masquerade as love. And it's not. And and divorce and doing things and temptation with uh, 
unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and violence and temptation with the things of the world and doing the things of the world and being rustled up in the things of the world? Not now. Not now, folks. You made it this far. You're going to make it. But you have to understand the enemy is trying to bring you into his realm. And he's going to do it with these hooks that we're talking about. As long as you identify that that's a hook, that brings me into the flesh, that's going to be a problem. And when it approaches me, I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of righteousness. I'm not going to let it grip me. I'm going to start praising God because I consider that a trial to my faith. Okay. You're going to grow. You're going to grow, and the enemy's going to be greatly confused. Hallelujah. That's what we want for you. That's what the Lord wants for you. Don't you think that's what the Lord wants for you? Don't you think that would be what the Lord's telling you to do right now? Ask yourself. Is Brother Rich just saying this to say that, to say what he's got to say? Or is this something the Lord would probably want me to do? Yeah, it's something the Lord would want you to do. 100%. And why is it important? Because Jesus went over. Pray that you fall not into temptation. Pray that you fall not into temptation. What's the deceitfulness of sin in the book of Hebrew? That you're hardened in them. That's what it says. So the enemy wants you to get hardened in sin. And then he'll bring another trial. It's called osis. Once saved, always saved. He'll bring in some, one of them folks on you. And now you're in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. He'll bring osis. Hey, you're once saved, always saved, baby. Go. Hey, God loves you. Now you're hardened in the sin. You've been osis and you're basically screwed. You're screwed. That's the power of false doctrine. The deceitfulnesses of sin are that you're hardened in them. Look in the book of Hebrews. So the enemy knows he can harden you. He can get you callous into something where you continually habitually do it. And now that opening, that devil has that doorway and your hedge is all messed up. We want to keep our hedges strong in this hour, guys. Please. Let's identify those hooks. Let's identify how the enemy is going to bring those trials. And like, brother, you know, brother Allen, can you read um, James 1-2 again? <clears throat> Let's call it James 1-2. 1-2, you know, like a one, you ever hear the expression? They gave him the 1-2. You ever hear that? <laughs> Alan, am I the only one that ever heard that? I think I heard something like that, yeah. Give him the one-two punch. You ever hear that? One-two punch. That's it, yes. Yeah. Okay, so James one-two. You're going to give him the All James right. one-two. What's James one-two said? Chapter one, verse two. What's it say? My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into different temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, Wanting nothing. Amen. James one twoing it. He just now counting it as all joy. You should be joyful when that hook comes your way. 
might be like, well, I'm not. I want to, I'm kind of feel like I want to go with it. That's not joy. That's a devil's joy. I'm trying to work you into the joy of the Lord in that moment. And you could do that by faith. You might not feel all that joy at the moment. But if the word says to do it, do it. And the Holy Spirit will meet you where you're at. (laughs) That's right. So praise God. (laughs) Just go with it, man. Eventually you'll hear yourself and just start laughing. And then the enemy is really confused. He doesn't like that. We want to walk in the spirit, guys. That's where the secret to our success of making it out of here is. We want more of the Holy Spirit. Don't we, Brother Allen? Yes, we do. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We count it all joy when we fall into temptations. We overcome evil with good. Uh, we praise God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. And because those who seek the Lord will praise him. So it's a real opportunity to build our spiritual muscles and and grow the armor that we have on our bodies. And then we can uh, go on to new levels where we face new opportunities and new devils. Amen. For success, new opportunities for success. Amen. John chapter 16 is very important. I encourage everybody to, I, I, I'm going to start reading the book of John a lot more, specifically John 16, because Jesus goes over the importance of the Holy Spirit, which is all about walking in the Spirit. The importance of not grieving the Holy Spirit is in the epistles, I know, but if we're walking in the Spirit, falling for that hook is a grieving of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be an anti-notch in our belt with the Holy Ghost. We want to walk with him because we want the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit flowing. That's right. It said in John 16, verse 13, uh, 12, uh, 12, 13, however, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost comes. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own, but he will speak what he hears, and he will declare to you what is to come. Interesting. The Lord has revealed this to me recently. These dreams I'm getting, the prophetic utterances, the words of knowledge I've gotten are are the spirit of the Lord revealing to me things to come. Begin in your nightly prayers, begin to thank the Lord of this chapter and bring it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit because he's a revealer of things to come to me. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, my friend. And with this new teaching of this not grabbing these hooks. I'm going to be walking. I'm not going to be grieving the Holy Spirit. My hedge is going to remain strong. And he's going to reveal to me things that come. He says it right here. What does that mean? That means the Holy Ghost is a revealer of the future. When I got the dream of the Twin Towers, that was a revealing of something that came in the future. That was February 19th, 2001. 
do you, does Alan, do I want to know things to come? Do we, Alan? Yes. It's always handy to know. Well, Jesus said it, so it must be good. The problem is when we take the hook in the flesh, we begin to allow the enemy to stunt our Holy Ghost fire in our Holy Ghost gas tanks, and these gifts are not flowing the way they should be. Talking about a fly in the ointment. We went over uh, the last show we had on how to get that fly out of the the, the ointment, the, the anointing. We want bills, you bob out. We're talking about renunciation, of course, but then walking it out. That's what this word here today is about. And it's not just to you, it's to me. Because these hooks are everywhere, guys. So what are we going to do, Alan? Are we going to give him the one-two punch? What's it, What's the one-two? Yeah. James one-two punch is counted all, my brethren, counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Amen. All right, so Alan, how can a temptation come your way? A temptation can come my way when I'm just watching, when I go to YouTube to look at this, uh, something I need to look at, and it shows me an ad with uh, some unusually pretty thing, for example, that I wasn't planning on running into. So, and at that moment, I could count it. How would you count that as joy? How would you do it? I would count it all joy at this temptation that uh, I had an opportunity to praise God and thank God and uh, say, uh, I'm dead to sin. I'm free from sin. I walk in newness of life. Uh, I am not falling for this temptation. I'm not going to watch this just because Satan knew I was coming and put and my spiritual armor is built up and there'll be more Holy Ghost firing for the next challenge. There's no outward manifestation of joy there, though. I didn't say count it all joy. Well, how you? What's an outward manifestation oh. of joy? <laughs> <laughs> there like you go. That. Now, what does laughter do for your heart? It says good. It says uh, medicine for the heart. There you go. Laugh at the situation, guys. Just do it. And the- just do it. That's all you got to do. You're bringing medicine to you. That's what the Word of God says. I didn't say it. Laugh at the hook. Say, hook, ha, 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 ha. You ain't getting me today. I'm counting this at all joy. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm coming up hither. I am going to walk in the Spirit. Hook, I rebuke you in Jesus' name and move on. How about that? Alan, you're driving down the road. Some bozo cuts you off, slows down, flips you the bird. He rolls down his window and starts screaming at you. What do you do? I say, I count it all joy. I say, ha, 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 Satan, is that all you got? The Lord Jesus bless you richly and abundantly. Have a great day. There you go. Alan successfully offered up a sacrifice of righteousness. Alan successfully didn't take the bait. And I now got a smile. You, let me show you the way to walk in the flesh there. Rich is driving down the road. 
Someone pulls up to him, rolls down his window, cuts him off, flips into the bird, slows down in front of him, does a brake check on him. Rich rolls down the window, whips out an AR-15 out of the back, points it out his head and said, I will blow your head off. Uh-oh. Uh, what did I do, Alan? You did walk in the flesh at that moment and resist. Did uh, my flesh like it? God. Your flesh loves it, and you're oh. so proud of yourself. Okay. But you did, not, you did not please God in that moment, sadly. But my flesh loved it, Alan. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> Brought a smile to my face, Alan. Come on. Yeah, but the... And the smiles on you and we can't do that we got to grow out of scared, that Alan. come on you know we, we gotta we'd rather we need holy ghost we need revelation we need the gifts flowing through us so that uh we can make it through these uh end times before jesus comes up uh shows up again that's what we need all right so we gave you two little examples there obviously the latter one you do not want to do because it's going to bring a demon of anger could probably get you in a lot more trouble and that's what the enemy wants. He wants you in trouble. He says some of you will be cast into prison. That's what he's looking to do in this hour. And just check, look around at the, what the Gestapo is doing lately to patriots, to uh, Christians, uh, abortion, uh, um, what do you call it, protesters. There's somebody screaming at my front door. I'm about to get in the flesh. Uh, I rebuke you. ha, <laughs> ha. Oh, it's Maria. She's locked out. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's even funnier. All right, let me it's go deal I... with this. Lord loves ye all. Say goodbye the King James way. God bless ye all. God bless ye all. Bless ye all. Amen. Watching radio saying farewell. We'll be back, uh, and we hope we got Doomsday Dad with us. Remember, come up hither. Right, Alan? What's a James 1-2 punch? Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs>